everyone, and thank you for joining us. This is the Les Represent podcast, where we talk about all things lesbian and lady-loving queer and what that representation means to you. And today I have two wonderful ladies here that run a site that's just like the holy grail of queer content for ladies on the internet. Why don't you introduce yourselves, guys? I'm Mika Epstein. I am one half of lesbwatchtv.com. I'm the California hybrid bicycling, no children half. And I am Tracy Levesque. I am the other half of Les Watch TV, the East Coast, Philly living, having a kid half. All right. So you two, how long have you been doing this? September 2014. And you know the exact I only, date. Well, I, I do because it was right before uh, Rosh Hashanah. Uh, yeah, it was right before Rosh Hashanah. I bought the domain and I took two days off, came back, and Tracy had built a site. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, so we, uh, Meg and I met each other through the WordPress community. WordPress is um, open source software, meaning it's it's free software that anybody can see the code to and contribute to to make websites. And so WordPress powers about 29% of all websites on the web. Everywhere. We hit 30. Oh, we did? Yeah, we hit 30 two days ago. Wow. There you go. So... Mika and I were both in this community, like I own a web development company and I also speak about WordPress at tech conferences, at WordPress conferences, and Mika, meanwhile, Mika on the other coast is doing the same thing. You want to talk about where you work? Sure. I work for a web hosting company who actually hosts for free uh, the website for us. Uh, and my specialty is WordPress. So they hired me to kind of be their evangelist, but also to make sure that all the changes we build on servers work with WordPress. And basically, I spend my time plus, uh, doing what they call full-stack WordPress development, which is such a fun term. It means I know how the server works as well as how your website works. Which is awesome. So the, the two of us didn't know each other yet. And then we were both picked to speak at WordCamp San Francisco, which, is, which used to be the biggest uh, US WordPress conference. And at the speaker dinner, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know a soul. I went by myself. I really hadn't met a lot of people in the greater WordPress community outside of Philadelphia. And so at the speaker dinner, I spotted Mika. I'm like, oh, there's another lesbian. I'll, I'll be friends with her. <laughs> I had no gaydar. I have no gaydar whatsoever. My no gaydar. So, you know, we started chatting and, uh, you know, we wound up kind of hanging out and I met a lot of other people. I had a great time. I, you know, I made a lot of friends, but I remember... Mika saying on the last day, it was like the after party or something, and she was saying, where Camp San Francisco changes your life. Oh, that's because I had just gotten a job offer. <laughs> right. And I, you know, for a couple of years, I think I, I thought about that statement and thought about how has my life changed? And I realized it's really meeting you and Aww. doing this website. Aww. <laughs> so we met, and then... Uh, now, fast forward like a year and a half, like they skipped a year, right? And we met up again at WordCamp San Francisco. Now, we're by this point, we are better friends. Um, Very much. Yeah. And and we would take, we would ride this van from the hotel they had put us at it to the conference back and forth. And we would always be chatting in the van. And it, and it came, we came to find out that we both had this encyclopedic knowledge of queer shows, characters, ships, um, and I don't, I don't know, actors, and I don't know how it came to be. We just decided to make a website or database. I think maybe that happened later. Or like we were just kind of geeking out over uh, queer television in general. 
And then it might have been over chat or something where we came up. No, it was in the back of the van and we were coming back and you were telling me all about how Shane died on uh, on Chicago. Shay. Yeah. Shay, not Shane. Shane, what's wrong with your hair? Shay died yes. on Chicago Fire. Right. <laughs> and Spoiler I had never watched alert. Chicago Fire because I have a thing about not watching shows that are take place where I live if they're not actually shot where you live. No, it just, I saw Chicago Fire twice, and at the time I was living in Chicago, and I just, I'm like, that's not what Chicago looks like. What are you people doing? That's not how people are in Chicago. The streets don't look like this. Oh, my God, that's Los Angeles. I just got so mad at it, I stopped watching really quickly. Uh, right. so means- I was watching Chicago Fire, and then, you know, out of nowhere, they killed a lesbian, and I was so mad. And I remember cheating, uh, ch- uh, chatting with Mika and be like, you know, we should make a database where we... We rate shows and we, you know, we we have a database of shows and mark the ones where uh, the barrier queers was not a term yet because the collective. Well, it was a term. It just wasn't popular. Happened, it happened after this, but it was, you know, it was a, it was a thing that everybody knew about. And then I don't know. And then we just did it. Yeah, we said somebody needs to keep track of all these lesbians, and so we said, why not us? Oh, and so this database is a database that we have built. Um, is a database of queer female, transgender, and non-binary characters and the shows that they are on. And even like shows that have like a one appearance by one queer character once, we have amassed, how many, what are we up to, Mika, at this point? 869 shows and 2,611 characters. Which is a lot, considering how far back, what's the oldest show you guys have? Uh, older show with a queer or older show? I I guess both. Both. Well, they all have queers in them, right? Uh, they do, but they didn't have the queer on at the at the the oldest show we have didn't have a queer on it until, uh, well, fairly recently because oh. uh, so, um, I think 1961 is the mo- is the oldest queer ever. That's from oh, what was the name of that show? Uh, oh, uh, the uh, the Blackboard Jungle, and it was a very angry teacher who was shooting all the boyfriends of her female students because she was jealous, which what? is, <laughs> that is like so classic, classic old school lesbian. This is the 60s. This is 60s, yeah, 1961. Whoa. I almost want to watch it, but I also don't think I want to watch it. I don't think you can find yeah, it, to like, be honest. I don't have access to it anymore. Um, I know that, well... I know that the film still exists, and I can. I'm trying to get access through the uh, UCLA Film School. I'm I'm a UC student, or at least I was, and because of that, I should be able to get access to it. But uh, we're having a negotiation because, uh, as it turns out, I, since I didn't graduate, there are some uh, confusions about my status. Bull. I went on sabbatical, and then I never went back, and so it got weird. <laughs> I see. Like, I could go back to school. Right. So back to the website. Okay, website. Um, so back to the website. We so the whole point, and I mean, I, I think you know, Meek and I have a like we're we're pretty aligned in like why we have the site. But personally, like I want to highlight the positive, and I want people to be go able to go to our website and easily and quickly find shows with positive queer representation um, that they would be interested in. So if like you're, you're a sci-fi person, you'd be able to find or from black. Or if you like comedies, mm-hmm. you'll be able to find um, Take My Wife 
in one Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want black lesbian superheroes, you'd be able to find black lightning like quickly, you know, and just, you know, find the, the shows and the characters that you'll love and it'll make you feel good about yourself because this all comes down to represent, representation being so important. I, I know it's just television, but I don't think it's just television. I think it has an impact on our lives. And I think, you know, I'm, um, I graduated from high school in 1988. I didn't have any shows at all, at all. <laughs> the only lesbians you saw on TV at that time were if they're on like Phil Donahue or something. And it was, you know, sensationalistic. And well, two I, lesbians died that year. <laughs> Right. But, but I just want to look it up. You know, we're like generations of people who have been brought, who have been starved for representation, seeing themselves on television, and I think it has affected us as a people. And I am feeling uh, a little bit more optimistic now because it, it is getting better. I do, I do think it is. Like, oh my gosh, this week I have like ten things to put in my queers things of the week post, and it's, it's almost too much to keep up with. Um, Oh, so that's why, that is my personal motivations for doing this site. You guys and also statistics. <laughs> so we, need an inter- we need a little lesbian intern. <laughs> or queer female intern. Or, or female intern. I, I, I say lesbian intern because that was actually my job title at one point in time. Oh my god. I worked for a bunch of gay guys. We were building out websites. Personal playmate pages for Playboy. Really? <laughs> Yeah, really. That was one of my first jobs. Who made pages for Playboy were actually queer. They were gay men, yes, and me. That's that's interesting. That's a fun tidbit they need to put in, like the history of Playboy. Well, those pages don't exist anymore. They 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 eventually took them all down and went with uh, a much more generic system. But at the time, we were making Playboy pages for the the early Playmates, like from the fifties and sixties, and those are all very wonderful women. I I got to go on a cruise with them once. Wow. wow. How, how, how come I've never heard this story? Because I tend, I, for, for like 20 years, I worked at a bank, remember? So I sort of put that away and I didn't let folks know. And I uh, kind the of... bank is not erase your, uh, your cruise with the Playmates. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Like, no, no. You, you seem to have all the great <laughs> stories. Like, I still haven't heard about the nude hiking one that I was waiting for. Right. And then. The nude hiking one is not getting told on a podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, okay, so okay. I I left university and I moved to Chicago to live with my dad because I needed to live somewhere and do something. And I worked as an intern for some friends of his who were running a, a web development company, much like Tracy runs, only this was way before the dot-com bubble burst. Mm-hmm. So this was back when like you wrote everything by hand and there were no CMS tools that you could use. Oh, and it was okay to put uh, your meta tags in invisible text at the bottom of your page because that's yeah, how you ranked for hotbot because <laughs> there wasn't google and at the time we were making personal playmate web pages for playmates from the 1950s and the 1960s and it uh it's in chicago where the playboy mansion was and that summer they invited us all on a little uh not a 4th of July cruise, but it was some summer cruise to go out on the lake and drink. And I was all of 19 years old. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Maybe 20 at that time. And so I couldn't drink. And uh, I'm there and I'm right. So, and, and they, all these little old ladies, and by the way, these are all women that were like my grandmother's age and they all knew I couldn't drink. And so they all made sure I didn't drink, but I remember distinctly 
six or seven of them pulling me aside and saying, listen, what you're doing now, you need to keep doing. You need to stay in technology. You're smart. You understand how these things work and you're articulate. Wow. Uh, they were darling women and I, I love them so much. And they're why I stayed in tech, I think. Oh my gosh, no way. That's true. That's I awesome. I wish I could say I had like a grandma age playboy model that was telling me to keep my life on track. <laughs> Um, They're also very confident women. Oh, yeah, I can just imagine that WordPress talk. (laughs) Stay in tech because Playmates want you to. Um, (laughs) They were all ridiculously confident in in a wonderful way. And I'm a very confident person because I was just raised to, to think of myself, not like I can do anything, but that there isn't a reason to be afraid of what I can do. And I can do what I want and I can learn to do whatever I want. So all these women were going, oh, look at me. Wasn't I beautiful in 1940 and 1950? And they were. Oh, my gosh. They were just, they were, and they were gorgeous then, too. I mean, these women just, they had class, and it was just so inspiring. Wow. Wow, Mika. See, I I just feel like we can just have, like, a Mika session and just hear all of your cool (laughs) stories. I mean, my grandmother ran a dancewear company, so I... uh, my whole life had sort of been filled with, I've basically met pretty women who were professionally wearing less clothing than most people wear. <laughs> Tracy's seen some of the pictures of me as a child model, though, so. Oh, my gosh. Yes, so Twitter. You put it on Twitter. That's true. Twitter has, too. I didn't put the one of me in a mime up on Twitter, though, because I didn't want to scar the world. Right. I want to I look through and find those pictures. Uh, but so, so to Tracy's point of why she's really passionate about the site and wants to, I happen to agree, and I do feel that negative representation has been uh, hurting people. Even what was it yesterday? I saw a tweet by Time asking if we needed a movie like Love Simon, and oh. my only thought to that was yes. Oh my God! Because, Tell me about it. Well, and I understand their point is, well, look at how much change has already happened. Do we need more rom-coms like this? And and yeah, we do. Because if 15% of all rom-com movies were gay, imagine how different our lives would have been. Same. It would have been great. So I want to do this because I want people to be able to find themselves. I want to be able to find, you know, Jewish lesbians who don't die, which basically gets me willow. Thanks. Same. And I want to find people who remind me of my friends, and I want to see all of that on television. But I'm also this massive data and analytics nerd, and I get this from my father, the mathematician, where I want to prove that things are getting worse or getting better. I want to be able to say, look, let's look at the data, and I'm very much quantity of data at this point over in-depth quality and thank god tracy balances me out and (laughs) makes me sit go back and you will rewrite the carmilla entry yes i will because i wanted to look at it and get some basic numbers to say okay the number of deaths is going up fine that happens there are more representation therefore more death are those two things on an even keel and they were until 2016 when out of nowhere, the last four years have just been, wait a second, there's just this jump to, to more deaths. And it doesn't coincide with a commensurate number of more queers on TV. It's just literally they're killing more. And when Lexa died, and that was horrible, and 
I only saw it coming because I got spoilers from a friend of mine in the business and who, who texted me and said, this is going to be bad. And I asked how bad. And she said, uh, Lex is going to die and the Internet's going to lose their shit. And neither of us thought it would be this big. That There would be billboards, that there would be a convention, that it would just go. And on the one hand, I'm really sad. And on the other hand, I'm like, thank you. Now we're all on the same page. Now we are all looking at this going, wait a second, this is not okay. This hurts people. How could you do this to us? And exactly. It's like uh, what would happen if Willow and Tara happened now? Oh, my God. Well, you first know? off, there would be no such thing as Joss Whedon, the movie producer. <laughs> uh, he would have just had his career slaughtered. Yeah. But uh, Right. So real, real data. Because, uh, I mean, there, there are great sites out there that list uh, shows, that list deaths, and, um, you know, have a, a, a nice, you can browse shows. But what the thing that's different about our website is that we're both web developers, and we're able to create this relational database and get these statistics. And if we think of an idea, we can just do it because we have... <laughs> You know, and so we can provide like the data that people want. Like the next thing that I really want is to see how many queer characters are played by out queer actors. And we don't have that yet because I'm making my way through going through every one of our 2,000 some actors and gracious. digging into the corners of the internet to find, you know, where they have self declared uh, if they're queer or not. Because we because we have a policy of when in doubt, do not out. Like we will not out anyone who is not self-defined as out. Which uh, has gotten us into a couple of little snits with people who were quietly out and thought they were more out than they were. And I felt bad, but at the same time, I'm like, I didn't want to ruin your career by making a mistake. When we first made the actor, so we had shows, characters, and we added actors relatively recently because from the, I was seeing the statistics and the analytics of people visiting our site, um, is queer in real life under character was something that was hit. So it seemed that people were interested to see who was, which one of these actors were real out people which I think is also really important for us to see role models and see like real queer people in the world. So we created this actor um, post type and Mika ran a script to add all the people that we had tagged as queer in real life as queer and then, you know, go through and define them like more accurately, like bisexual, non-binary, et cetera. Um, so running that everybody else, we just defaulted to cis woman heterosexual, not because, not to, you know, do anything nefarious, but just because we didn't want to accidentally out anyone. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. the result of that is we accidentally end people. You know, people were accidentally, especially on web series and stuff where it's yeah. not super famous actors. It's not like Ellen DeGeneres that everybody knows is a lesbian. Um, Wait, got Ellen's mis- gay? Got <laughs> misattributed and some people got mad and we're just like, we are so sorry. I am making my way through 2000 actors, um, you know, but I, still like I, we apologize to anyone that we have accidentally misattributed uh, either gender or sexual orientation. But I, we will, if anybody alerts us of that, we fix it immediately um, and apologize. And I, every night just, about, I, I make my way through another batch of actors. Just to explain how, 
much I goofed that import, by the way, every single gay male character was flagged as a straight woman. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I know exactly how it happened when I look at my logic and I see the if then and I'm like, I ran it, I tested it, and I checked a few people and it didn't occur to me to check the gay men because it was so far down my list and that was totally my fault. So I, I am very sorry to Jay Rodriguez, who was a straight woman for a while on the site. I'm sure they weren't complaining. He thought it was funny. Yeah, I, uh, so my goal is to have them all done by Clexicon. That's my goal, but it's really a lot of work, so I don't, I'm, I'm maybe about 20% through it. Clexicon's not too far away. Unfortunately, I can't join this year. I think your guys' website is so, so important, and I absolutely love it. I find myself going on it all the time, trying to figure out what else to, you know, what else to watch, trying to figure out to recheck my facts, because sometimes I'll remember a show and be like, yeah, they were gay, and sometimes it blurs the line of, like, was that, did I read that in a fan fiction, or were they actually gay? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Because I've, I've done that, sounds that before. Familiar. Like I, it, it's like I can't even remember what happened in the show and what was just purely fan service on my part. Especially if I haven't seen it in like a couple of years. It makes, it makes me so happy when I hear that people are using the site for the way that Mika and I had intended it to be used. Like that just fills me full of joy. Um, like for some of the way that we have structured the shows, it's so you can get right to the gay part. Like for me... I miss, I remember when I heard about Pretty Little Liars, I'm like, well, do I have to watch this from the beginning? Or can I just, like, is the gay part in season three? Like, when is it? So because of that reason, the way our listings are, we will, we have the queer plotline timeline. So, for instance, like, Person of Interest, Root and Shaw aren't in the show until season two. Which um, season one was so boring to me. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's, season one needed more women in it. Um but it was like kind of at the end, very end of season one. So we, we say like, this is where, you know, this is where the queer part is. Do you need to watch it from the beginning? Yes or no. I think you do need to watch person of interest, you know, just cause it's for context. Um, at the same time, I think it's actually a really good show, even though season one is a bit low key, it's still a really good crime procedural. Yeah, me too. I, I love it. Um, and then we have all the, we'll, we'll list out all the like, queer-centric episodes. So, for instance, Grey's Anatomy, when, like, uh, Callie and Arizona kiss for the first time when they get married, when, like, so this is, you know, these are the the episodes of interest to our community um, because that's the kind of information I always wished for on the Internet when Googling shows. And then we also have, like, screen time, like, you know, do, do the queer characters get a lot of screen time? Is it realistic? Like, are the queer characters realistic? Like, are they people you feel you know in real life? Um, and quality, like how, how, what is the, there's like an overall quality for the show in general, like the, our thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, even if something is, doesn't have a lot of gay in it, um, if the show is overall a good show, then we'll give it a, a thumbs up. Which or, is person of interest. <laughs> right. Or or a thumbs down like for Godless, where yes, there were queer characters, but the show was awful. <laughs> Which so, makes me sad. Down. There was a huge billboard in Dallas of this show, but the way that they the way they composed the billboard, I didn't even know that the three people that had their backs turned to you were women. I thought one of them was just a dude with long hair, which should have been a huge red flag <laughs> for me. It's just like they were clearly focusing on all of the men that was literally against them. Like it was a little, it, 
the bullet right. was three three apparently women um, pointing their guns toward literally a sea of men that were coming towards them, and that just should have been a red flag. Yeah, that should I mean, have been a red flag. It was a real opportunity to have a new kind of western, like oh, a town that's mostly women. That's awesome. But for a town that was mostly women, the horses got more screen time than they did, oh and God. the men. Yeah, I'm really grateful for you to take that hit because I'm I I love westerns. I desperately wanted to be a cowboy when I was a kid, <laughs> and and I was all hyped up to watch it. And then Tracy watched it and said, "Oh my god, this is terrible." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, I won't but be watching this." Suck through with it. I hate watch the whole darn thing. And that's another thing that Mika and I do. We split up. We're like, "Okay, we got I got this one. You got that one." Like Mika will do sci-fi, um, and I'll do like. Uh, things that she doesn't want to watch. Like she doesn't like American horror story or things that are, I can't watch American horror story. Yeah. So we, we, uh, divide and conquer all the shows that are coming out. You guys might actually need an intern for this. Cause there's hopefully there'll be more shows coming out. There are. Oh my gosh. There's something uh, new that just showed up in my oh, Vita. Yes. That looks yeah. Good. It does look good. It, it's actually on our Trello board of shows that I knew were coming out. Oh, that yeah. that we need to keep an eye on. We have a Trello board where we try to keep track of, like, if someone texts us or messages us some different way and says, hey, there's this show you guys need to add, I just throw it on the Trello board and then I get around to it eventually. I have, like, great connections. Like, I'm like, what's what's coming out? Share. Share with the okay, world. Okay, so I'm going to answer a question that you asked me on Twitter, which is, okay. why do I own a copy of Memento? Why? For, for oh, the love, last... I love that movie. I love that movie too, but for the last 21 years, uh, 22 years, oh Jesus, <laughs> I've been running a website for the actor Georgia Fox. She was on CSI as Sarah Seidel, and I've run this site basically since I was in college, and because of that, I have a lot of movies that she's been in, some of which are awfully terrible, and she's only in it in passing, but she happens to be the dead wife in Memento, so I knew that Carrie Ann Moss was an awesome actress long before she was ever on uh, the Matrix because of that movie. She's great in that movie. Wow, the Matrix did not do her well. I mean, she was badass, but when you like dip down into like how much screen time she had and how many, how much that she spoke, it was like, mm. In retrospect, that strikes me as very odd because it was from the Wachowski sisters, who yeah. also made Bound, which is one of my. You know, oh, one of my favorite favorites. Oh my gosh, the Jennifer Tillian. Oh, I don't remember that yeah. woman's name. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Jennifer. that's like one of the few Jennifer Tillian movies I actually watched. Plus, you know, seat of Chucky. But <laughs> I, yeah, Chucky, I can't watch. It's ridiculous. I, 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 I well, I can't watch anything with like dolls like that. It just creeps me out, and I won't sleep. Yeah, the ones, I know my triggers. The ones after <laughs> Br- Bride of Chucky are just jokes. Like the first two were actually legitimately scary movies. The other ones are just. They're just awful. They're awful funny. So uh, Jennifer Tilly, you know, so the Wachowski sisters did Bound and they did The Matrix, which was interesting. But basically, I I knew all these white guys who were like, oh, The Matrix is the best movie ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching it going, oh, that's cute. So they've got someone who realizes that he's in a a game. Oh, yeah. All right. That's nice. I think I've read that science fiction story a few times. It was very beautifully filmed. But... The first movie was pretty good, and then the second two I watch and I don't understand them. And I watch them again and I don't get it. I don't understand why people liked them so much, and I think it was just about contracts. But then you turn and you see them do Sense8, which is why I have a Netflix subscription. I haven't seen that show yet. Oh, Tracy made me watch it. 
<laughs> was it is it good i know there's a it's... queer character in there Oh, oh, they're all queer. Sensate is so good, and it's one of the shows, one of the shows we love. So we have um, on our website, we have official Mika and Tracy agreed upon shows that we love, and there are fifteen like, of them. Yeah, and if you notice, like the person of interest, we both love that show, but it's not a show we love because there's EYQ in it, and there's other problematic things in it. So it has to. We have to really love it for it to be loved, and Sensate is a Official stamped with a heart. One so good. Is. One day I might get around to it, but my list is... It's only two seasons. Well, wasn't the third season coming out, or was that just like... It's, it I, it's a wrap-up yeah. movie, and it's coming out this... Yeah. It's, it's beautiful, but very expensive, <laughs> which is why it was not allowed to continue. But they well, but that's were so upset. Excuse. People were so upset that it was canceled that they tossed us a two-hour wrap-up movie. Because they left it on a cliffhanger. Is Wolfgang going to be saved or not? Damn right. it. <laughs> that's like the only straight ship I strip. I, I ship, my God. <laughs> you strip them? I ship, I ship them. I swear I'm awake. <laughs> I mean, I'm not judging you if you do strip them as well, but... <laughs> I, uh, so, well, I mean, I don't know if she's going to go on a naked hike in the woods with them or anything, but... <laughs> Look, it was a long time ago, and I'm not talking about that. <laughs> okay. Whew. Yeah, it's so good. And um, the queer uh, uh, Naomi and, and Marita, right? Oh, my gosh. I'm so, Anita. so um, yeah, the, the great thing about Sense8 and the, the queer characters there is they are probably, the, like, nobody dies, Um and they're definitely like the healthiest couple on the entire show. And uh, I mean, some and queer characters like, have died on Sensei. She's like a computer hacker superhero. Like she's so smart and like saves the day all the time. And it's just, I don't know, it's so great. I love healthy relationships. Like I'm so, I like, I might have to watch it now because I've spent so long reading Spanish to read healthy relationships it's ridiculous oh you're watching like, uh aren't you i i finished oh, good. it but i'm still learning more spanish because there's more queer characters coming out in latin countries that i'm just like i'm just gonna need to know spanish you know, latin <laughs> countries have been really lately on the forefront of we're gonna have a queer on our show especially their soap operas which i was terrified of when i first saw it and then i realized they're actually doing a good job like one of the last interviews I had were was with the radio host from Argentina and she's been talking about how they've really pushed it but not just because they're being very progressive but also because they think that straight people are getting bored of regular straight people romances right? <laughs> like they've done like almost every every story under the sun and then all of a sudden you see gay people and they have so many different problems than straight couples have right. that you know you know, if you watch romance all the freaking time, you get bored of it, and then here's a gay romance, and even though you're not gay, you're just like, now that's different, and you'll watch it. So they think that's why Flosman blew up in Argentina. So I really love that interview that you had. I listened to it, and uh, it just, like, I, I like Flosman okay. I'm not a super fan of it, but after listening to that um, interview and she gave so much insight into the the nuance of language and the backstory I know, the actors it was wonderful. and like what it meant in Argentina it made me 
it made me really appreciate the show much more and enjoy it a lot more. I'm not through the whole thing, but um, yeah. Same. I only watched the flaws, and I know the whole show is funny. Mm-hmm. I just I, let's be real. I'm here for the gay. And I just, after hearing that conversation, it does change a lot because subtitles only tell you so much. Like, I got to that point where where they said that one thing in Portuguese and I knew it was coming. I mean, then I understood the context of it could mean you're crazy or it could mean like something else or, and, and, and then it came up to that point and I'm like, oh, there's that Portuguese line. So it made me appreciate the whole thing so much more. But, you know, Nika and I were just having this conversation on Slack the other day. It's like, can you have a happy, healthy couple and still have a show be entertaining? And I say yes. I say and yes as well. For it sure. just dawned on me that Sense8, here's an example of, you know, uh, a couple, they love each they, they're like crazy about each other. They love each other so much. They fight crime. They, they're, they support each other. It's entertaining. It's, it's funny. It's cute. It's everything. But on the Arrowverse, meanwhile... You know, Ava Lance happens, and immediately there has to be a conflict. Immediately, like, um, Ava has some secret, big secret that, we're, you know, is going to affect the relationship. But, of course. But that's the way, that's the way the Arrowverse, Arrowverse works. It's like no one is happy for longer than a second. Same thing with Grey's Anatomy. No one is happy. Like, even... I feel like that's drama. It's drama, and it's like, it's, it's, it's lazy drama. Because, yeah, you can have a, a happy couple, but still have it be entertaining. You can, and and we were also talking about uh, the Fosters, which we hate watch. That's I think the only one that we both hate watch together. Ugh, the Fosters. <laughs> the Fosters didn't, they, didn't the Fosters get canceled? It did, but they're finishing up their season, and then oh. they have a spinoff season of my favorite character and my least favorite character together. So I'm not sure how I feel about. Oh I love Mariana from the Fosters. She is just. She is unabashedly brilliant and beautiful and sassy and smart. And she's stupid, but she's also a teenager, which I kind of expect. They all get, I don't think I like anybody on the show. I'm just like. I liked Jude before he became an angry teenager. Yeah. I think maybe Jude is my favorite. His little gaming. uh, Judicorn. It makes me kind of sad to hear that they're canceling that show just to focus on the teenagers. Oh, well, they're skipping ahead. Thank God. So much more representations, but. They're skipping ahead oh. to them after college, which will make like, them about the same ages as their... Three years, right? They're going four years in the future? They said after college, so it could be five years. I don't know. I, I'm like, fingers crossed there are no queer characters on that show, so I don't have to continue watching it. Because I really... <laughs> the Fosters is terrible. I mean, I, I have so many... Well, the Fosters is an example of what happens when you have a married couple that doesn't have the right kind of strife together. You get this thing where we're like, do Steph and Lena even like each other? And you've been doing your oh your your sponge of sadness writing. Yeah, my uh, my. so I do this column on our website called The Queerest Things I Watched Last Week uh, where I just... Mm-hmm. Anything queer I see on TV or uh, web or whatever, I'll write about it. And (laughs) the Fosters, um, I'm so fed up with Steph and Lena not liking each other because, you know, I am married. I have a kid. I still like my wife. I still am nice to her. I still want to be with her. You know, like I'm passionate about her. Like we have fun. We have a life, um, even though we're parents. And every time you have lesbian parents on a show, it's like terrible. There's so many things that get wrong with queer parenting. Number one, uh, trying to conceive. They get that wrong every time. It's like, can someone hire me as consultant for how lesbians actually get pregnant? Because I will tell you, 
Um, so that <laughs> laughing so I heard the whole story about it too. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Brent, let me let me have it because literally I'm thinking back to every time I've ever seen that, and it's always been a turkey baster joke. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of true because like usually usually shows do not do even think about the turkey baster; they go right to IVF in vitro, like uh, you know. Uh, Which is certainly valid, but you don't have to no, do it. No, it is not valid because, like, that is not your first step for for a safe. Well, it's a valid step. It's not the first step. Is what can I'm... you can you explain what that oh, is for people who don't know? It's fertilization. So you harvest your eggs, you put it in a dish, you mix it up with sperm, you implant embryos into your uterus and hope for the best. Like uh, Phoebe did on Friends for her brother. Yeah, she had her brother's yeah. babies. Um, okay, so the... The only, the only reason that a same-sex female couple has infertility issues is because neither one of them can make sperm. That's it. You know, that's your baseline. For all you know, you may have two fully functioning uteruses and ovaries if you're a, a cis woman. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. the first step on all these shows is like right to IVF. IVF is like $30,000. And, you know, your friend's sperm is like free. You know what I mean? So usually... The, the, what in real life, the first question is, you know, who, if we're going to go the pregnancy route, who's going to get pregnant? Are we going to use known donor, like a friend or a brother, or are we going to, you know, use man and can and, um, you know, <laughs> get an unknown donor? That's the first step. It is not like we're going to do IVF, which is an invasive, very expensive procedure that doesn't have as good results as just using donor sperm. And these are the conversations that should be happening on television and it's not, and it drives me bananas because it actually affects my life because then people ask me about IVF. I'm like, no, no, I, we just used my wife's brother's sperm. It was like free and <laughs> no. And, and it was- I like, it was free. <laughs> it was free, but then with Shameless, right? They actually had sex with the dude. Oh, no, no. And, 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 and that's also a misconception. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. I mean, I'm not saying it's not what happened in the dawn since, you know, of lesbians getting pregnant. Like, that's never happened. But no, no, that is not what happens. And I don't want people thinking that either, you know. So uh, it's really frustrating as a lesbian parent, just like all the bad information that get, that is on television. Like it's never, ever accurate. I mean, anyway, TV, that's doesn't my, do that's my TV doesn't do pregnancy right, period. It's no, like every, they, have, they have morning sitniks like the entire time they're pregnant. And it's like that, from what I hear, that's not true. I was sick the entire time. I, I was sick the entire time I was pregnant. No. I, not puking sick, but I was like nauseous the entire time until the moment she flew out of me. Then it went away like that. It was like, <laughs> well, I'm glad to so. hear this. Um, just, I mean, I'm so glad that you have a happy family, but I'm chucking that up as another reason not to have kids. Um, oh, kid sure. darling. I love, her. I, I love her daughter. I'm sure she has a very wonderful daughter. And I love her wife, but not in that way. Uh, <laughs> I, I love I love my kid. I love having kids. And I absolutely uh, support and love people who choose not to have kids. That's a hundred percent like awesome, valid choice to make. And I, and I also hate like that kind of pressure as well. Like having kids is like some, like you're a better person or something. I don't, I am so grateful that my stepbrother had a baby because my mom stopped talking to me about me having one. Mm. <laughs> That's the 
It's just the American dream, that whole white picket fence 1.5 She's Canadian! Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) My mom's from Montreal, so I come by my bad French, honestly. Oh gosh, this is a great conversation. But I, I don't have children, and I won't have children, and mostly it's because I don't want to bring kids into this particular world at this moment in time. It's just terrible. (laughs) <laughs> and it scares me. I mean, I think there. I mean, uh, there. There's so many reasons to not have children, but I don't know. It's like the world is always the world we have. Like I'm, I'm happy to be alive in it. You know, I'm happy to experience the world. And if everybody, you know, progressive well, takes away, then we'll never have more, you know, cool progressive kids in the world. We certainly have enough kids in the world. If somebody showed up at my doorstep with a baby and said, "Here, you have to raise this," I wouldn't throw the baby out. I would definitely <laughs> a, a parent. <laughs> This is this is less of a joke and more of a. Uh, I'm actually somewhat concerned because I have a friend who did accidentally acquire a baby, what? in that manner. She was a nurse and the baby was born and nobody wanted the baby and now she's a mom and she loves it, and she keeps looking at me and Judith going, you know, this could happen to you too. And I'm like, you're going to show up at my house with a baby one day, aren't you? <laughs> Mika has all the great stories. But I just, I just don't have the drive to be a parent either. I don't. It just never was like. I didn't have the dream to get married. I don't, I didn't want to get married. I didn't have the dream to have a kid. I don't have a kid. I'm married because, well, my wife wanted to get married and I'm down with that. I wanted her to be happy and it doesn't adversely impact me. I just didn't want to have a wedding, which I got away with. We eloped. Oh, that's nice. See, I'm the same, Mika. I I never wanted to get married. I never wanted to have a a kid. Um, And luckily, uh, Mia's the same way, my wife, and we just kind of uh, eloped, like, on a business trip to Canada. Um, I mean, because I do, I, I do love her. I want to commit to her. her. You like, so I, I, I like being married to her, but the wedding thing, I did not want, like, weddings, like, ugh, no way, you know? And then, like, I didn't even believe that this was a real thing that ever happened, but my biological clock went off, like, when I was, like, mid-30s. And... I didn't think that it definitely wouldn't ever happen to me. And I was like crazed for a baby. It was weird. It was a very weird phenomenon. I didn't even think it was something that really happened to people, but happened to me. Now we have a pretty cool kid. She's, she's 11. It never happened to me. Yeah. Oh, it's- we have a lot in common. Like I also did not think I would ever get married and certainly didn't want to have kids. And then, I met my wife, and while she was here in America, we got eloped, and then we had a little baby crazy face for a little bit, and then we just bought a horse, and then it was gone. <laughs> I mean, that sounds about right. My mother has horses instead of grandchildren. I think she's okay with that. Yeah, it's like they're practically like they're practically children by themselves. Like you have to make sure they don't get hurt. You have to make sure their feet are clean. You know, you got to make sure they're washed because they're <laughs> stupid. And it's just they're practically children. <laughs> and they love practical jokes. Oh, yeah. Which is the weirdest thing about horses. Yeah, like, I literally, there are people at my work who are like, I didn't know horses had personalities. And I'm like, you are the same people who make your dog sit in a corner for, like, six hours while you're at work. Like, I'm not surprised by that information. Ugh. It's just some people shouldn't have pets. Ugh. Dark corner. Oh, that sounds like my neighbor who I hate. <laughs> Wait, but back I to had you. his dog take. We're getting- oh, I had sorry. his dog taken away. Oh, I mean, yay for you. We're getting off topic, though, but I, I want to send you... Comments. We are off topic, because none of that has to do with television. Uh, wait, so, okay, so back to Seth and Lena Passion Index. That's where all this started. Oh, gosh. It did. 
So in my queerest things post, I have a, a Steph and Lena passion index where I painstakingly go through the entire episode and see any time Steph and Lena are in a scene together and what they're doing with each other. Um, spoiler alert, this one, I don't think they even touched each other. I, I don't, they like, I don't even understand. They what? I don't know. I saw Brandon shirtless and went blind. Uh, yeah, no, uh, they angrily parented Jude and then they did some more yelling at Jude and then at the end, there was like sad hugging in slow motion. Not uh, not of each other. When um, Jimena and you know the parents had to be deported, like there was sad hugging of Jimena and her, and Poppy, but but not Steph and Lena together. And I'm like, <laughs> so it's gonna give you a zero sponge. So in the in the opening scene to the Fosters, um, the song, <laughs> there's a scene like it's like a. a montage of different like scenes around the house like messy you know oh, the opening credits the opening credits yes so and, and me and i just my wife and i just make fun of it every time um but now the, i have that song in my there's head one moment where you're looking at a pile of dirty dishes and then it focuses on a sad blue kitchen sponge in the sink and we're just like the sad sponge and they don't even use that sponge no she used a yellow one the sponge was angry so like she <laughs> we're always like Thinking about the sponge and like that poor sponge is just like the the epitome of the show. You know, it sadly watches all the shit that goes down in in that house every day. You know, so my Pat, Steph and Lena passion index is like um, how many out of five sad sponges. Oh so it's gonna be it's gonna be a zero sponge week because they didn't even barely talk to each other. They're they're terrible. Like, do the actresses have like, no never... passion, like have no chemistry together? Like, why would you even make a show about that? Like, leave the loveless marriage to the straight people, please. Right. Oh, the, and here's the, the thing: actors have actors chemistry, have amazing chemistry off screen. Like, I saw them in the Glad Awards, and they're laughing and all over each other, and they're so cute. And like, why don't? Why do they force them to be cold and horrible with each other on the show? Because drama. Yeah, but it's not. But drama involves, you know, some romance, right? I would think so. I bet the producers like all about lesbian bed death or something. Like they have it in their mind that they're good together for a couple of years, and after that, they're like eunuchs. Well, but they had the lesbian bed death conversation in the first few seasons because they had a craftmatic adjustable bed. I'm not even kidding. And I would tweet I remember like, about the craftmatic adjustable lesbian bed death. Um, and it, to, the, to the point where I think they knew that people were making fun of this bed because they there was one scene where they got a new bed and they kind of talked about how you know this bed isn't it isn't conducive to romance. So I, I felt like that was kind of you know directed towards the audience who've been making fun of this bed for a season and a half or whatever. But yeah, they've never really been in. I mean, maybe an episode here and there, but otherwise, no. Wow. That is awful. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what episode, what, what recent series we've seen that did that well. Because you've also got your rant about the uh, the slow sapphic fade to the window. Fade to the window, yeah. So, you know, whenever <laughs> and this is and this is something that frustrates me too. It's like the it, we're we're at a point in time where I, I'm no longer happy with crumbs. I'm not happy with a crumb of uh, you know handholding. Or I want the queer characters to have equal screen time, equal passion to the straight yes. ones. Yes, I'm there with you. And we don't 
get that. We don't get that. Like even in our beloved and, you know, Emily Andres is a gift to us all, but even in our beloved Winona Earp, it's like when the, when the two, there was a scene where the two were doing it for the first time. Right. And then it just panned off of them. It went to the window. I, before we're we not that episode yet. together, oh, yes, we were. Yes, we were watching it together. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. It's not a. It's not a spoiler that they have sex. I, I momentarily forgot that you were watching from the beginning, but like, it's not equal. And then you know, other characters, no spoilers, will have a full-on sex scene on the show, but it's not equal. And Pretty Little Liars was the worst. The worst. Oh, well. There was like. I re- I actually timed it because I'm a nerd like that. Like Emily and <laughs> Emily and uh, what's her face Allison got literally like a, a a kiss that would make you know that would put you to sleep. It was so like terrible, and it lasted seconds, literally seconds. And this was a this was an episode where uh, exes were getting back together, like you know, ships that people love for a long time are finally getting back together. So it should be this big passionate thing, right, in the last season. Um, so theirs was like a, a sad kiss that lasted seconds. And then another, I think Caleb and uh, I can't remember exactly who it was. They got back together and it was minutes long, shirts coming off, rolling around. It's just not equal. And it and it drives me crazy. It's I'm done with that. It's time for things to be equal. And I think Black Lightning did a really good job because they established that from the very beginning. Like, we're not messing around. We're getting right to the gay. Here's two women. But that's the together. only couple that have had a sex scene on the show, actually. So I so I feel like Black Lightning is kind of evening the score and they're setting a really good precedent from the beginning. Oh, I cannot wait until I can start watching TV again. <laughs> what was the other show that... Okay, so I was actually going back. We're, we're doing a great person of interest rewatch. Basically, anytime there isn't anything new that either of us feel like watching, we'll throw up an episode of Person of Interest. And we've gotten all the way through season... Uh, we're in the middle of season four now, so it's the dark times of Shaw Missing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it occurred to me that the only sex scene that we see in the entire series, because there really is only one, is Root and Shaw. And yeah, it was not even real. It didn't even happen. What? Didn't uh, Although, John hook up with um, a few ladies? We never see it. Huh. Like, uh, the, in, the second, in the second season, he and Zoe bang, but they, they allude to it with, well, we've got this house for another few hours. Why don't we make the best of it? And they look at each other, and that's the end of the scene. I ship those two. I like those two. I liked Zoe much better than I liked the shrink he ended up with. Well, but did him and the shrink that there was no scene with them either? No. Well, I don't. I, we're, we're rewatching, and there isn't yet, and they just started kind of dating. Uh, but I mean, it's I it's just sort of well, and I don't interesting. I do. Find well, as, as Tracy noted, I have a peculiarly encyclopedic knowledge of uh, things that I've seen on telly. <laughs> I, mean, I I will remember specific moments. <laughs> well, I. My favorite thing about, of course, the non-sex sex scene of Person of Interest is that Samaritan writes smut, and the machine likes slow burn fanfic. <laughs> nice. And, it, like, Samaritan basically wrote a plot-what-plot plot scenario for Root and Shaw, whereas the machine is just very clearly helping 
the two of them get together going, come on, come on, don't make me send you on a mission where it's two girls, one bed. <laughs> I'll do it. Oh my God. And it's the cutest thing. And and so I just have this mental image of, of AIs writing fanfic in their free time. <laughs> oh, can I talk about my favorite thing that is relevant to this? Of course. Yes. Right now, uh, Jane the Virgin. I would say yes, yes, because Jane, Jane the Virgin is having equality. I feel because Jane the Virgin is pretty tame in general. Like my my uh, kid watches it; she's eleven, and like she, you know, it's like tame enough for her to watch. It's a telenovela, um, but they've been amping up, you know, uh, Peter and Jr. And I I say that it, their scenes are pretty equal to other scenes because they don't have a ton of sex scenes on that show but it is still a telenovela there's a lot of romance and people getting together so kudos i don't even to jane the virgin i've never heard of jane the virgin well i mean i heard of it but i haven't watched it so what is the plot of the show exactly so the jane the virgin um i i started watching it because you know as me and i do when we find out there's going to be a queer character on anything just about i will one of us will watch it so i started watching Jane the Virgin, um, and wow, it's, it's a big soap opera. So, um, it all starts out, Jane, she's a virgin. She lives with her mom. And her um, Jane, she, she's a virgin, hence the title. Yeah, she's, uh, no, she's cool. She's at the time, I think she was a student. Um, and she goes for a regular gynecological exam and her gynecologist his name is Louisa, who is the lesbian sis sister of Raphael, who owns the Marabella, which is a big hotel. Um, she is a mess and accidentally, it, it, there's like two appointments going on at the same time. One is um, at Petra, who, is, who was Raphael's um, wife at the time, was going to be inseminated with... Um, Raph's sperm because he had uh, cancer, so he had bottled up the sperm. Um, and then the other one was a regular gynecological exam because Louisa is a mess. She mixes it up and inseminates uh, Jane oh with Raph's. And that's the whole. That's how the whole thing starts. That's how she is this pregnant virgin. But I started watching it for Louisa, who turned out was having an affair with um, her stepmother Rose. Oh my God. It's less creepy than you think, Rose. It's less creepy. It's roughly the same age. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those two have been super fun. But they're not in it a lot, though. That's the one thing. It's mostly centered around Jane and Raphael and um, Jane's mom, Ziomara. And so Jane's mom, Ziomara, um, it turns out that Jane's father is this famous, and, he, and the actor is in real life as well, this famous Mexican telenovela star. And it's funny because his whole plot is he's trying to be a star in the United States when he's a big star in Mexico. And that's his, the actor's real-life story, too. He's a huge star in Mexico, and now he's on Jane the Virgin. Um, so it, it's just so... It's very clever and entertaining. It's really uh, feminist. And, uh, you know, has, like, some of the best, like roles for uh, Latinx folks on television. It's it's great. It's just really, really funny and clever. And um, I feel like the queer female fan community loves Petra. Petra's like this, she's a mess. I mean, she's kind of conniving, but she's also, um, 
as strong and, and sneaky and powerful. And I think everyone's been shipping her with various people. And she was on Supergirl. Um, who oh, she? yeah, she was Mind Control Petra. Mind, I call her Mind Control, Control Petra on Supergirl. What's her name? Some site? Something? I don't know. She was should have been gay. I think she's like she's the one who can make, she's the one who can make you like feel feelings. Like go, she can go into your mind and find what makes you the most scared and like make you feel scared. Um, but she's she's super hot on Supergirl, like being mind control Petra. Um, so finally, like you know, and think here's another thing that I really love about this: we were not queer baited. There's and same thing with uh, Legends of Tomorrow. It's like whenever there's going to be a new queer thing happening they make sure on tumblr and everyone that all the you know queer women know about it so we can get all our hopes up but there was no announcement like that it was like oh petra may get a new love interest but they didn't say it was going to be her lawyer jr um who's played by uh rosario dawson Which i'm so happy i had such a crush on her when i was younger it's just so great to see these women playing lesbians now and she is doing a phenomenal job. Oh, my gosh. The two of them, their chemistry is off the charts. It is so good. Josie and the Pushy Cats flashbacks every time I see those gifts. Oh, that was her. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so, you know, I we secretly were... love that movie. <laughs> they didn't put up the queer bait signal ahead of time for that. I really appreciate them for that. They just made it. Have, they fulfilled all our dreams. Because, like, I think, you know, we've always wanted Petra to be with a woman and they gave it to us and they didn't make a big deal out of it. They just delivered it. And it's awesome. It's interesting that, that Jane, the Virgin and black lightning are essentially the only two CW shows that I kind of trust to handle queers right now, because all the other stuff is Berlanti's and the hundred, which I don't, which I'm mad at still. And there, I mean, so am I, considering how much bad press it's gotten. I mean, the ratings have plummeted, but they they renewed it right after. Oh, or yeah. no, they renewed it right around the time that Lexa died, which gave them like this extra bump because everybody was watching the show. And I'm like, did you not notice how the ratings plummeted right after, especially after they killed Link? But, you know, it, it, ratings are a weird thing. And the CW has peculiar standards when it comes to determining whether or not a show gets enough viewers. It's also ridiculously inexpensive for what it is, which makes no sense to me, but that's you know, their most expensive show right now is actually the flash because they have to use the special effects all the time for, you know, little running whining boy. <laughs> I, I watched the flash boring, and then, boring, boring. I, well, so I watched the flash and then I would watch black lightning. And after one episode of black lightning, I deleted flash from my DVR because black lightning was so good. And the juxtaposition was just this other show that did not treat. I went to TGI Fem slash a couple of weeks, uh, Gosh, just last month, and they had it. It was an event in uh, Santa Ana, California, and people came from all over the world, actually, which surprised me to talk about female relationships, mostly on television, but also in comics and in movies, and how it's represented in the media. And it started out being this thing called Fabericon, which was about Rachel and Quinn on Glee, which. My wife is a huge shipper of, as it turns out. And it morphed into this other convention where fans, and there are no famous people that come to this. There are no actors. There are no producers. This is just fans sitting around talking about 
their favorite things and how they affect us. And one of the, the panels that I went on was talking about intersectionality and representation beyond just queer. And one of the things that came up was the flash and someone said rather loudly, and it did make us all laugh. She's like, what black family has a noodle recipe that they've passed down from generation to generation? <laughs> and it's just that, and it, and I, I, I'm white and I sat in that and I didn't say anything to the whole thing because I'm very, very much concerned about staying in my lane when it comes to these things. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the black experience is like. I can never know that. And I figure the best I can do to be a good ally is to shut up and listen and to figure out where I can be helpful and where I need to butt my nose at. So I sat in that just to listen and to try to figure out how I can be a better ally. What can I do on our site to make it better. Uh, I'm working on the intersectionality code, Tracy. It mostly works. I saw, I saw the Metabox pop up. Yeah, you can check it now, it, and it saves. It didn't save <laughs> before. It, oh, who did I do that for? It was an interracial relationship. Oh, oh, oh for um, uh, Love Daily. I was, yeah. I saw it there, so I was able to check it off. Um, it, it, it will also give your show a bit of a boost when it comes to rating. If you've got positive okay. intersectionality for, say, uh, diversity so you've got you know black lightning again mm -hmm. but we didn't want to have to mark off this is really bad for diversity this is really bad for gender representation like uh they don't just show all the the queer females as being that kind of chapsticky lipsticky lesbian that there's a butch and that there's a femme and that there's all the different types of there's the tomboy everything and that would be nice because really on on traditional television, even Fox, everybody is the pretty lesbian who dresses nicely all the time. True. That is and very true. It's so frustrating. Yeah. But so one of the things that they were talking about was that on Black Lightning, thank God, you actually get people who sound like they're black because it's written by people who are black and it's acted by people who are black. And the whole thing is produced by black people and it just it gives a completely different feel. It's like watching, you know, Black Panther came out and I'm watching it realizing that it felt, and I hate using the phrase, it felt so true as opposed to all these other things that I'd watched before because they weren't just saying, oh, we're going to take black actors and throw them in a script and pretend that that's diverse. Yeah. They actually said, we're going to take black actors and write black characters the way that they act in the world today. And we're going to show you, we're not going to just, you know, whitewash their history and yes i picked that word on purpose right and when i watch the flash and i see you know uh the west family and then i turn on black lightning and i see their family and i think okay one of these things is not like the other uh, and right. i like this other one better and so i'm just not gonna watch barry anymore because i don't like him very much cisco doesn't get enough screen time and people don't act like they're not white. Everybody's written white, and it's really frustrating. Yeah, it's like Cisco, you know, maybe every once in a while he'll say something in Spanish, but then you have uh, Jane the Virgin, where the mom only speaks in Spanish, you know, and it's just more authentic. It's, it, it, you can tell when there, there's authenticity in a show, and there's obviously writers um, writing the show, um, with the people that reflected on the show. Like you can tell when there must, there's, 
there has to be someone queer in the writing room for XYZ show, you know, because it just feels more authentic and real. And that's what we oh, need yeah. more of, you know? That, that is something well, I think I was thinking about the other day, because I was thinking about all the different shows I've ever seen that had that, that uh, stereotypical foreign guy or that, like, that hot exotic guy or whatever that people would like. Like, he would be there for a while just to cause up trouble because everyone's, like, fawning over him. And he had an accent, but it's like he never spoke anything in this language or the, from this country that he came from. Like, I never heard anything foreign come out of his mouth. It's like he just put on an accent. And that's, that was something I was thinking about the other day. It's like Fez from that 70s show. He was a foreign exchange student from some mysterious country. He did speak Spanish once, though, I recall. But still, it was just he was, you know intersectional for laughs and that was it and i you know tracy points out jane the virgin and i point out of course my favorite show one day at a time mm -hmm. which the whole the majority of the writer staff are people of color and specifically they are people from latinx uh, heritage and they have a number of queer people who work in the writer's room and they have two white guys and the white guys, and I, I, I talk to them occasionally, they're very much aware of their job is to write the white people for the most part, but also to, to they, they, they're used as a judge, which is if they have a scene that happens in Spanish and they're rehearsing it and they laugh, they're like, we don't need to translate it, we're good. And you don't need to translate everything because the stuff that's really funny it doesn't need to be translated. It's never needed to be translated. Humor goes so far beyond the boundaries of language. We can tell by body language. We can tell by the facial expressions. We can tell by the inflection of the tone when they're making fun of each other, when they're making fun of somebody else. And it's just, it's great. I love that show so much. <laughs> I'm terrible. This is good. Yeah, I hope, I'm hoping there's a tipping point happening where people just aren't going to put up with you know, homogeneous uh, writing teams writing for, you know, uh, people with backgrounds different from theirs. Like, uh, like it's just not authentic. It's not, it, you know, it's, we're done, you know. So I'm hoping that this is going to happen more and more. I think it's, it's, 100 I think it's starting to happen. Sorry, go ahead. It is. Oh, I was going to say 100% of the directors for this last season of Jessica Jones, which you all have to watch. If you haven't yet, please go watch it. It's great. Uh, they're all women. Yeah, that was awesome. Single episode directed by a woman. And the writer's room and, uh, is... Queen Sugar. Queen Sugar is also yes. directed by a woman. Another fantastic show that everyone should watch. That's good to hear. I heard... I, I saw someone trying to do an article where it was like, how they were able to get all these women to do this show. And somebody replied to, because they hired them. Like, that was it. That was just yes. plain and simple. That was one of the writer... That was one of the, the, the excuse me, the executive producers who replied that, too. Was it? Yeah, so I was laughing so because they're well. How did you hire all these women on Jessica Jones? Like, well, after the first seven women came in and we said we like their ideas, we realized well we could actually just hire women, couldn't we? And then they did. Yeah, they showed up. We we're fifty-one percent of the population. It shouldn't be too hard. It really shouldn't. Like we just recently. Well, I mean, think. No, go ahead. Like we just recently got our first uh, woman cinematographer that was able to actually shoot a movie and was like the lead like she was actually in the credit she took all the all the credit for that oh mudbound uh what uh, mudbound no uh it was for black uh black panther actually there was a woman cinematographer mm. for that movie for that movie 
Oh, I was thinking of the, the lead camera operator from Mudbound. Well, there we go. Which was also apparently a first. And I just sat there going, how is that a first? And then I realized, oh, right, because men are probably saying, oh, your silly little woman arms can't hold the camera. That's I'm <laughs> sure that is what happened. They said they couldn't, they didn't have the strength for it. They have body yeah, gears so they can hold up those freaking cameras. I'm just saying. But, I mean, these are all things. I used to work for a bank, and these are all ridiculously stereotypical things that I've heard. Like, I went into a meeting once, and somebody said, uh, talked to the male developer the entire time, and finally, after a few questions, he turns to me, and he says, why are you not asking her? She wrote the code. Mm. And the uh, the other people in the room just all sort of stared at me, very confused. And this was in the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's just, I don't know, people's hangups and people's stereotypes of what the world must be because of the because of their preconceived notions, they're just so frustrating they and are. tiring. It's, it's so important yeah. to hear these stories too because people will be like, oh, it's better now. And like they don't have any evidence of that. They just see the world through their own eyes and they just don't see as much as something and they immediately think it's gone. And I think that's why your website is so important because this is like literal proof that you can put into the front of someone's face and say, well, look at this. I can tell you right now it has not been this way. And in fact, it's actually not getting better or it is getting better. Yeah. Back to love, Simon. I mean, oh my gosh, like we, <laughs> there, there are no queer rom-coms, mainstream rom-coms. Like for, you know, uh, for queer women, what we had, um, Oh gosh, well, I mean, imagine me and you. That was it. Okay. What was that? that like was that? a million years ago? Imagine me and you. That's my favorite. What about Chutney Popcorn? But I guess that's not mainstream. No, mainstream. We have we have nothing. It's that's I mean, true. we're all artsy fartsy movies. While things are getting a lot better in TV, they're still pretty abysmal in the movies. Yeah. Um, especially mainstream movies. Someone someone pointed out that you know what lady loving queers have is like literally every movie is either this weird student teacher relationship ruining some of someone else's marriage or they end up don't getting together or die like those are the categories and literally imagine me and you unfortunately goes into one of those categories because it did ruin that woman's marriage or yeah they were they were married in that movie which why do that yeah. that doesn't make any sense why why would you i mean carol's uh, Marriage was ruined in the first place because she was gay anyway. I don't know that I would say that relationship ruined it. That was also a historical piece. That's I make an exception for that movie because it's like you had to be married back then or else you'd be put in this weird place in society where they're just like, yeah, she's weird. <laughs> what are we talking about? Carol. Carol. Oh, Carol. I didn't like it. I know. That. You didn't like it, and I didn't actually like it either. I actually haven't I'm, it I'm going to say it. I did not enjoy the movie Carol. I, I like the it kids. was it was beautifully filmed, but it just it was so slow. It was so slow, and the, and I mean I think the they did not have chemistry personally. It's like uh, Rooney Mara, the younger one. She was so just like expressionless the whole time. And she seemed very like lethargic. I guess it makes me think of she was very closeted. You might say. Yeah. It also makes me think of like Desert Hearts. Like everyone talks about how they love that movie. I'm like, it was so slow in the beginning, and then when they got together, it was like boom, and it was over. And I was like, what? Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, and then you get Bound, which had a fantastic sex scene, and they kept doing stuff, and they shot people, and it was beautiful. Yeah. I love that movie. 
there are some hokey moments, like putting their hands on the walls. Like I, like I really don't like cheese. Like I have a very low cheese tolerance. Um, a corny. Okay, but that is like the thing yeah. that you do, and straight people do that all the time. Oh, so I know. It, it still, it still made me cringe though. <laughs> I know what makes me cringe in that movie is when they're torturing that poor dude, Shelly. Oh. Oh, with the, uh, with the, with the clippers. With the clippers. Ugh. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was intense. I hate when they do anything with anybody's fingers. I can't, I can't. Yeah. I don't like that either. But it, it, I swear that this is a logical train of thought. So in that movie, uh, the fella, Johnny, who's just a really stupid son is actually one of the main characters from the early seasons of Law & Order SVU. And on that show, they're bringing back their queer baiting again Ugh. because Cabot is coming back to Law & Order SVU. And I'm, I can't believe they got her back. I just, Stephanie March just done with plays all this uh, Alex Cabot. I love the relation, the, the, the subtextual relationship that she has, but, oh God, it's so frustrating that they could have just gone there. That would have been nice. Like, just, just, just let them once. It's whatever. <laughs> like, enough happens on that I mean, show it's, that people will forget. It's one of those shows that everybody on the show and everybody off the show knows that there's sexual tension between the two female characters. And they play it up like they did with Rizzoli and Isles, which just drove me nuts. Hmm. Could you just, you know say whether or not you're going to let them do this or not, because then I'll know whether I should invest in my time. Sorry. And the answer usually is no, I shouldn't. Honestly, you guys have saved me so many hours, and I kind of wish I, you guys were around when I was younger and had more time, because you would have saved so much of my time watching shows that I just had no just didn't do anything. Just didn't do anything for me. You hear there's a queer character, you go there. You see there's a hint of a queer character, you go there. And you're just wasting your time. Yeah, you're always here. It's like uh, uh, queer baiting drives me nuts, especially when uh, it really makes me mad when people use queer baiting as a marketing strategy. Oh my gosh, like Rizzoli and Isles. How did they? Yeah. Oh, that God. was so yes, blatant. That was, that was so in the in my face. It was awful. It was so rude and disrespectful. And one of the worst uh, thing about that is they filmed the gay kiss. Like, is it on the DVD, or did they just say that and then just? No, uh, what's her face? Who's the the main character? It was uh, Anna Hendricks. Uh, Anna, Anna Hendricks. She said we filmed this scene, and she was excited to let her mom watch it, and she's really upset that they didn't show it. It better be on like some extended cut somewhere. I really hope so. Yeah. So that's also, so rude. What, and also, what would be the point if they didn't get together in that point? Like, is that just like some empty fan service? Well, that was an alternate ending, as I understand it. Oh, my God. Yeah, see, wouldn't that be a much nicer alternate ending? Yeah. Yeah, it would have. Apparently, Anna Kendrick also put down her foot when they said that, you know, and you're going to get together with this dude. And she said, no, no, that's creepy. He's going to be working with me. That would be weird. Mm. That would, like, yeah. a lot of shows, I feel like they don't care about the whole, it's weird being with someone that you work with. Like, I'm thankful I don't work with my wife because we are just like... Grey's Anatomy. Exactly. Like, I don't understand how all of those people just get together. And it's like, you guys work together. You guys see each other well, way too often. Well, to be honest, I am sleeping with my boss, so... 
Our desks are right next to each other. I'm on our computer right now, actually. I mean, I think that's a, that's a level of love that I just don't understand using each other's computer. <laughs> no, I I rarely do, but her uh, her monitor is nice. I, it it's just easier. I can't use my wife's anything. I have this problem with notifications. There cannot be notifications on my phone about anything. And I opened up her phone, and it's just like a monstrous amount of notifications on everything like she doesn't answer her phone unless she knows who it is and it's just so awful oh, she'll have like 20 voicemails and then it's just like just turn it off just turn it off <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah my wife and i work together we're together a lot but it's cool we like each other so See, it can work, Foster. Yeah, I don't think it can work, work for everyone. Right. I don't think it will work for everybody working together, and especially owning a business together and um, being married and stuff. But uh, it works for us. We like it. I mean, my, my family had a business, and my uh, my mother worked there, my father worked there, my aunt worked there, my grandmother owned it, and it worked. But we're also all ridiculously close, and you know, we're okay with that, but I don't think that I would actually be okay having the same job and working with my wife. I think it would drive me crazy at the end of the day because yeah, I like to kind of right. segment things. I work in a family-owned business, and the the boss who owns it is technically retired, but he comes in the office all the time because he's one of those guys that can't not do anything, and him and his wife's office are literally on opposite sides of the building. <laughs> and let me tell you right now, that business, I... I don't think it works. I don't know how they're still in business, but it's like every other day, it's like they're yelling and fighting about something. I'm like, there's the reason they're on opposite sides of the building, which what does it matter because they have an intercom as well. Oh my gosh. Seriously. That's wow. Oh, it just makes me <sighs> definitely think about treating my wife nicer just in everyday occasions always well are there any burning questions you have for us about the website or about tv shows we like oh, gosh i you know i just i'm excited to see how much you guys like everything i love seeing everything you guys put out there and i just love how in-depth you're categorizing us especially with like you you don't just go as far as oh this character's gay you literally pinpoint a bunch of different tropes so it's so easy to say oh yeah we see this character a lot but as you can see all of these characters are always teachers that cheat on their spouses or something like that like I've seen like five on your website that's like teachers that really shouldn't have teachers that shouldn't oh my god we, well, I, the teacher trope is really bizarre yeah because it's it's getting really I was, bad press like really awful press like I've shipped two different people that were teachers that did stuff with people that were their students at one point weren't at the time but were and just like people go crazy for that like i've seen such vile comments from people saying oh they're a teacher that's disgusting but it's like i didn't hear any of that stuff if that teacher was a male literally none huh literally none and it's actually really like why does that happen um, why does that happen to women teachers that's... i mean i know a teacher that was fired for doing that but uh, that's real life, and he definitely got canned for inappropriate. Of course, I, I, the you know the irony is that it happened like two days after we the school had watched uh, a movie for some reason about 
teachers behaving inappropriately in our English class. And then, you know, Whoops. right after that, he was fired. Like, well, you told us all what was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're surprised that, that happened, but... Yeah, all of our data, like all the uh, taxonomies, like the tropes and the cliches, and like we really, it's really from, a, you know, a queer perspective and these cliche things that happen over and over again in TV for us. So you can spot that right away if that's a thing. And I feel like we'll all understand what that means, you know? Mm-hmm. It was hard to come up with, with them because I didn't want to have a whole mess of them that had like one or two uh, people in them. And like when I look at them, like the the there's one that has less than five uh, characters in it, and that's Cougar, and that's only because I'm expecting it to show up with more as time goes on. Same, I would expect that to show up more. And I guess the question would be, with student teacher, would you put Cougar on there too, or is like, or does Cougar only start after a certain age gap? No, Cougar. Uh, I mean, the definition of cougar, I had to Google it to make sure I was thinking of it right when I wrote this up. Uh, cougar means uh, women over 40 who are into younger women, not children. And and I would say that, you know, going after your student in the high school relationship would definitely not be that. Yeah, I, I prefer but, uh, student teacher in college. I don't like it before then. Yeah, student teacher in high school is just creepy. I don't care yes. who you are. No, it is. Okay. That's why I couldn't. I couldn't get into um, "Call Me by Your Name." Like I know people give rave reviews, but I was like, can't do it. And now I can't even watch. Um, what is that new show that everyone's talking about? Uh, Everything sucks. I can't because I know one of the actors is fourteen and the other one's twenty. And I, I just that, I didn't it. know that until I was done with the show, and that oh, does creep me out now. Like it's very obvious that one. Well, not very obvious, but it's it's clear that one of them is older. Like much older when you see it next to baby face that's 14. I just thought she was a baby face. I don't know. I knew about it beforehand and now I can't watch the show. I just can't. I just can't see that. Oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, I could see how that would be problematic. Definitely. And I am, that does bother me because the younger actor is only two and a half years older than my daughter, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yikes. Yes, I don't know why they had a 20-year-old play the role when she's only supposed to be a year older. I mean, they could have found someone else younger, or they could have even, even found another actress that was older to play the younger one. Like, that could have yeah. easily been The done. younger one did such a good job, though. She was really perfect for the role. And, yeah, they could have had somebody else for the older, for Emmeline. Definitely. I'm just sad because now... Well, I'm we'll see if it gets a second season. Yeah, still. I mean, still really all good. they do is is kiss. So. Okay, that's a lot better. That's easier for me to watch because I I wasn't sure how far it's... they were gonna go because you know Riverdale's out and that's supposed to be about nothing but teenagers, but I hear a lot of bad things about that show all the time. Yeah, that shows. Whatever, but the, everything sucks is very tame. Like my daughter watched the whole thing, almost. She's uh, she's like, almost uh, uh, finished, but it's it's a really tame show. Okay, maybe I can make an exception then. There's not even much, much cursing and everything sucks. Might make an exception. Then. I'm gonna put, put your word I, did like, I, I would make an exception, just saying. So good. I would give it a chance. And especially because the majority of the beginning, it's not about those two specific characters. And the other relationships that you see feel much more age appropriate. So when you get around to that one, it's doesn't jump out and it's filmed very nicely and 
it bothers me much less than than the stuff that goes on with Stranger Things. The show gets so much right too. Yeah, it sucks. Like it really just hits those feel those high school feelings. Those you know so many things that I was I was shocked that it was written by two straight guys. Um, it always shocks me when they do a good job. <laughs> a phenomenal job. Like it's it, like I didn't have a hard time in high school. Like I just didn't know I was gay yet. Like I had a boyfriend, and like I just didn't. I mean, I just didn't think about it. But my wife, she had a, an experience very similar to Kate's and everything sucks. And it was just like hitting her in the feelings, like every scene, like she, she related so much to the character and they just did such a really good job. So I would still give it a chance. That's so good to hear. Like when I was younger, there was nothing. And like when you guys were younger, there was nothing. And it's so good that people are going to be out there today and they're going to be able to see this and they won't feel as lost and as much of an outsider as, well, I know I did when I was growing up. I don't know if you guys felt the same, but just it's... I felt very confused a lot. Yeah. And it took a long time to realize why I was confused about myself, which my father, of course, found hilarious because he's like, but I introduced you to all of these gay men when you were growing up so that you'd know it was a thing and that you could be. And I told him, yes, but you introduced me to all gay men, dad. So I knew that men could be gay. It never, I didn't make the jump until college. I just thought I was weird. Wow. Didn't every girl have crushes on, on Sigourney Weaver in a suit? Oh man. For me, I didn't have, like for me, I, I was always, um, not like considered myself not into the mainstream things like in high school like I was my high school was like a, a John Hughes movie it's like I sat at the punk rock table like and I didn't care about stuff and I had a boyfriend but I didn't care about having a boyfriend like he was he was nice and we hung out and, and that was cool but I just I didn't want to go to my prom like I just was not into mainstream anything so it did not dawn on me <laughs> that the reason I didn't care about relationship was because I actually like women but when I was, who's typing? Me. Sorry. <laughs> Mika. Mika, I am pouring my heart out. My <laughs> I'm writing notes about what you're saying. You're what like, are you talking about? Slack, you're like slacking with somebody. Um, no, but. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I never had that feeling of being an outsider or feeling uh, we, maybe when I was younger, like that, that whole thing with, with, was, it was you already posted like the first time you saw gay on, you know, in the media, I can't remember what it is exactly. And then I had the, I showed the time magazine uh, cover. Yeah, it was, it was Buffy from, well, actually, actually the first, first one was from a soap opera. I don't even remember what the name was, but Buffy was the first one that really, clicked like it was a thing that it was okay like it she was a she had a my children relationship hmm? right what'd you say Mika? there were gays on all my children were there there were gays on all my children that was before or after buffy tracy uh, you mean uh bianca and maggie yeah uh 2000 she came out okay so that was after yeah right. i don't even remember when buffy I mean, came out i was or... 90s that was 90s buffy I was a teen. I wasn't watching all my children. That was for my grandma. I was letting her watch her stories. <laughs> and then I got into them oh. too. And now I'm just like, crap. You know, when I was a kid, like gay was the worst curse you could use. Like everything was gay. That's so gay. And I did not know that gay meant gay. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just this 
the curse that you would use, like the the worst thing you can call somebody. And then when I saw that Time Magazine article with Gay on the cover and the two men holding hands, two women holding hands, that it struck me like, that's what gay means. Like I, and then from then on, I'm like, well, gay is the worst thing you could be. So I'm not going to be, you know, like I, I can well, never do that. Work. This is why and representation just, is so freaking important. Just yes, right and I, stuffed, I stuffed those feelings down so deeply that I did not come out until I was 18. Like I, it was just, I was so afraid of it. Like, cause it was so the worst thing you could possibly be, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it, it, media matters. The whole thing really matters. But then at the same time, it, in a way it protected me because I didn't have a struggle like uh, other people did. I think I just kind of just, my brain just went into shutdown mode, you know, and just didn't allow myself to have those feelings, I guess. But that is a struggle in and of itself. It is a different, it's definitely a different kind of struggle, but it's not like my wife, on the other hand, she knew she had a, a girlfriend actually in high school and it was closeted and had a much harder time of it. And, you know, it, it all, everybody struggles different, but yeah. But I mean, even though it did all work out for all of us in the end and we all figured out who we were and we got to be our own authentic selves Having a site like this, even if just one person went to this website and realized that there is actually a lot of positive representation and that there is a queer out there who looks like them, who has their nappy hair and is super powered and bulletproof and suddenly they can feel better about themselves. I mean, there's a reason that Luke Cage was such a popular superhero when he was created in the 1960s, 19, early, late 60s, early 70s. A bulletproof black man was literally seen as the most powerful statement they could make to say, we're not going to take this anymore we're allowed to live and be the hero. And just to make sure that we're going to live and be the hero, he's bulletproof. And now we get to see more and more things like that. We get to see queer women. We get to see black lesbians. We get to see bisexuals who aren't just being the slutty bisexual who use it as an excuse to sleep around because, dear Lord, that was a trope for a long time. Right. We get to yeah. finally see I think by, by us. Byrep is having a... a it's starting to get way better. Like Jane, the Virgin again, she uh, had a, a whole story with going out with a bi guy and having to deal with her own internalized biphobia. Same thing happened on Grownish, and I, it's like these conversations just have not happened in the mainstream. I'm really glad that they are. And even if the one on Grownish was a little bit, eh, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like they handled that well. But then, of course, you find out why they didn't handle it well, and all of a sudden, I'm not so annoyed with it anymore. It wasn't about the main character, so it kind of got shuffled to the side a little bit. And that character then was annoyed that the main character hadn't been there for her having her crisis. I'm like, okay, now it's getting better. But it does, all these things matter. Still, it brought up a lot of stereotypes that need to be challenged. And yeah. do not, number one, people don't say the B word on TV often. I like and that you're both, calling it the B word. Uh, yeah, and both the shows said it, made it clear, you know, just dealt with these stereotypes and misconceptions that just you don't see in television. So, I mean, you know, I applaud them both for doing that. Same. I think the last time I saw, like, most of the time I always see it as a joke. Like, it's always a joke that's somehow directed towards men. Like in the movie Dodgeball, 
Like, she she had a girl. She came, they, like, they made out at the end, and he was like, oh, I guess we're not going to get together. And she's like, oh, but I'm bisexual. I'm like, your girlfriend's right there, and you're just going to make out with this guy? Like, I don't know their relationship. Maybe they had an open relationship, but that was, that stuck with me for a long time. I was like, what? Bisexual doesn't mean, yeah, it doesn't mean open, open relationship. It means... If you're a bisexual and you've liked one man and 99 women, you're still bisexual. Right. Right. It, it, right. it doesn't mean 50-50, and that, that always drives me crazy. I had a friend who... It could be. could be 50 was, but... It could be, but it doesn't have to be. And I had a friend who came out as bisexual after being out as a lesbian for a long time, and she faced so many people being jerks to her about it. I hate that. Oh, you lied about being a lesbian. No, she didn't. First no. off, sexuality is fluid. And, and secondly, she just didn't know. Now she does. And yeah, she has to come out again, but she's not straight. She still loves women. She just also happens to love this dude. Right. It's like we're all discovering who we are throughout life. It doesn't end. You know, it, we're getting to know ourselves better. And so if, you, if your sexual orientation evolves into something later, it's not like you're lying all those years. I hate that stuff exactly like they they make whole book series yeah. now about women who like have been married and then all of a sudden when they in their marriage they come out and they're like oh by the way i like ladies like there's like there's whole genres of that and i think that's just such an amazing thing because you know you don't just graduate college and then somehow know who you're going to be for the rest of your life like that doesn't right. happen that's a misconception that needs to go away because I hear so many people that are in high school that are freaking out because they think that they have to figure out what they're going to do the second they graduate high school. And I'm like, I remember those days. It's awful. Alex Stamper's character coming out later in life at like 28. I mean, there are people who come out. I, I know people who come out later, later than that, you know, at older ages. They just didn't realize, you know. Um, so I, li I like that about the Alex Stamper. I did love that about, about the... The Supergirl storyline, that was just beautiful, too, because that look of gay panic on her face when she was about to come out to Kara. And that's something that's, to me, more relatable than the teenager who realizes they're gay at a concert. Yeah. Because that was more in line with little, a lot of little things. And then, oh. Chipping away, you know. Yeah. But then you get... Uh, Wait, you don't watch Riverdale, is that right? No, I don't watch uh, I, a lot of shows. I watch it. Okay. Did you watch this week's Riverdale yet? Yes. I've seen okay. gifts. Anytime so, anything gay happens, I get all the gifts. If, if, if you haven't watched it yet, plug your ears for a split second, although it's already been all over the news. Uh, Cheryl Blossom comes out and mm -hmm. tells uh, Tony, the openly bisexual character, that she did love someone once in her life and it was a woman on all the news articles are saying that she's bisexual, but I'm going back and looking through everything that Cheryl ever did. And really, when you look at it, the only two people she's ever loved are her brother, which yes, is creepy. And cause it's her twin brother. Cause that's extra fun. And her and this girl. And to me, Cheryl being told by her, by, you know, her mother, what you're doing is an abomination. That's a story I certainly remember hearing from my friends. I mean... Some of whom are still closeted because of that. Yeah. They're 40. Yeah. I'm like, your parents will get over it. <laughs> Tell them that said... you have a wife. Oh, yeah. You go ahead. No, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is really sad being 40. And, like, my, 
my parents, when they found out that I was getting married, which is around the same time they found out I was gay, or at least I openly told them, look, I'm gay. Like, there's no longer this elephant in the room that you guys are going to choose to ignore. I heard your whole story on a previous podcast where you told the whole story. That was fascinating. Yeah, oh, gosh. Uh, which which whole story? Because I've told multiple whole stories. Like, just the one about me <laughs> coming out to my grandmother? Yes, yes. That was the first time that I one. told that story to anybody, and it was... I was shaking because I was just trying to remember it. Um, but I remember it was, it was, I was riveted listening to it. So I'm glad. I haven't you. caught up on all your podcasts yet, so I have to. They're all monstrously long because I just talk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just, you know, I basically told them, look, I'm getting married to this woman. And it took them two years to meet her because they weren't ready. But I just wasn't about to go to family, you know, functions and not be there with her. Like, I just literally couldn't stand that because for right. the longest time right. I've always been the odd person out because whenever you go to family functions everyone's paired off with someone like usually I would be when I was younger I was paired off with my sister and then when she got married I was by myself and I was like I can't do this anymore I can't just sit here alone with an empty chair beside me because I'm the odd one out I just can't do it anymore so I, I just didn't want to not be myself anymore so I was like look look I'm gay and I'm completely in love with this British woman and you're going to have to get over it and it took them time but they got over it I always say that that, that in defense of, of our parents they go into to life with the expectation that we're going to be like them and it doesn't matter if you're gay or if you're straight when you start walking away from the path that your parents saw for you it throws them off and they weren't ready for it and so while you had all this time to get used to being gay, for example, and getting the thoughts sorted out in your head, you've dumped it on them and they're at the beginning. And the episode of One Day at a Time where where Penelope, I'm going to call back on that, where Penelope goes to the gay bar because she's actually not okay with Elena coming out and she doesn't know how to deal with it, but she doesn't want Elena to feel that way. That was really more like what my parents were like because they knew, they said they've always known that I was probably going to be gay but at the same time, when it became a thing, it had to come around to realizing that this thing that I'd known for so long was now their re their new reality. And we throw them, we throw our parents off the path that they thought we were going to be on. And it messes them up for a while. And if we're lucky, they come back. Yeah, uh, try adding an Asian immigrant parent to that mix, and you got a whole another can of worms. <laughs> oh yes, thank God I had the the hippy dippy uh, Jewish crazy people. They were like, oh okay, you're gay, moving on. Had right. conservative Easter Christians. They had to pretend they were doing the right thing long enough until they got tired. So, but you know, I hadn't really thought of that, and I I also want to bring up the movie. Jenny's wedding, which I heard such bad oh, reviews from everyone, but I thought about it, and that that movie is not really for us. That movie is for the parents of people who their children they thought they knew their children, and then all of a sudden it's completely different. Regardless of the complete lack of chemistry on the lesbians' part, it was it was a good movie for those people, for the parents, for the people who need to see normal, average parents like themselves coming to terms with it. Have you seen the Drunk Lesbians Watch ver uh, episode of Jenny's wed Wedding? Oh, God, I need to watch Oh, my God, I was crying laughing. It is so funny. So fast. I need to make a note to watch that. Actually, uh, 
And I'm sorry to cut this short. We have been talking for two hours and I do want to talk to you guys again because I love this conversation and I feel like we could definitely talk about a lot. You know, this is a less longer than you might have podcast and I'm sure there'll be a lot of trimming to do in here. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you guys so much for coming. Um, Thank you for having us. Hopefully we will do this again soon. I'll definitely still be talking to you all over on Twitter because I just love talking about the gay. (laughs) Well, the gay is really what drives us. (laughs) Yes, the gay is what drives us. You can very powerful force. You can find both of us on Twitter as Leswatch TV. You can find our website as leswatchtv.com. Or or leswatch.tv. If you're looking for just me, Mika, you can find me on Twitter as Ipstenu, I-P-S-T-E-N-U, but I'll give you a fair warning that it's not all about television. As it turns out, I also like baseball and politics. Oh, goodness. And um, my personal Twitter is Lil Jimmy, L-I-L-J-I-M-M-I. And I usually talk about Philly and website stuff and business stuff and diversity and those kinds of things. I need to watch both of your guys' personal accounts. Oh, you probably don't want to. I just lost a bunch of people who got mad that I wasn't talking about a specific technology enough, which I found hilarious. I still like to watch other people. I still like to learn different things. Like, I'm not, I know I just said I'm all about the gay, but I also like to know other things. <laughs> That's cool. Always learning. All right. So it was so great to, to talk to you guys. I hope we get to talk to you guys again soon. Yes. I know we have so much more to talk about. I think I would like to talk about uh, the whole uh, Lexa deserves better movement more specifically at another time whenever you guys think you can find the time for it okay great oh sure i would actually love to hear about like people who have the since you guys have the actual resources to tell me what has happened to media since then and i would actually really like to dive into that and see kind of where the world's at nice well we'll have to save that for next time then (laughs) next time Also, also, I will be at Collexicon if anybody actually wants to talk to me in real life about any of this stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and I'll be at WonderCon at the end of the month in Anaheim. If you're looking for me, I will have a press pass and a hat, and I will be interviewing people and talking to showrunners. That'll be fun. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm definitely going to add that to the show notes. Cats, cats. Okay, they've taken, they've taken over. I, we got to cut this short. <laughs> All right, well, have a great weekend, and thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Kitty, this is not... Addie, say hi. She's been walking around purring obnoxiously this whole time. Unless I couldn't hear her. That's alright. Hopefully I won't hear her when I'm cutting this, which I know I will. That's okay. I'm just good. Just podcasting with cats. <laughs> well, see, that could be a whole nother podcast. I just don't have the energy for it, man. My life is all about the gay. <laughs>